Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming to our debate tonight. Tonight's topic, is it good or bad to be wise? Is being wise an advantage or a disadvantage for the believer? And we've invited two uh, distinguished debaters here tonight whom I feel I know well. And each of them will have a chance to make their case. So we start with the pro side, the case for wisdom. Well, wisdom, using my debater note cards here, is clearly an advantage in life, and especially in the life of a follower of God. The book of Proverbs tells us, blessed are those who find wisdom. She's more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. How many things can you name that are more profitable than gold? Or how about this? Get wisdom, though it costs you everything. Get understanding. Wisdom, of course, is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And finally, I quote Jesus' own brother, James, who tells us, if any of you who lacks wisdom, you should ask God, and it will be given to you. So surely, there could be nothing better for any follower of God than to get wisdom. What's that sound I hear? Oh, that's the sound of a mic hitting the floor. <laughs> All right, and uh, thank you, pro side. And now it's the con side's turn to make their case, the case for wisdom as a disadvantage in the life of a follower of God. And I must say, you have a difficult case to make. Well, not at all. Not at all. The Bible asks, almost mockingly, where is the wise person? Where's the teacher of the law? Where's the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And God speaks even more strongly through Isaiah. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. You remember when Jesus is visited by Nicodemus, one of the best educated people in his day, Jesus, what does Jesus tell him? I've spoken to you of earthly things, and you don't believe. What if I tell you about heavenly things? Clearly, clearly, wisdom is not enough to keep you from missing out on what God is doing. Not to mention, it can make you arrogant. As Paul says, knowledge puffs up. Those who think they know something don't yet know as they ought to know. And I noticed that the pro side over here used as its closing argument something from Jesus' brother. Well, how about something from Jesus himself? Our Lord Jesus Christ settled the matter when he prayed, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. So what's that sound I hear? It's the sound of me stepping on a dropped mic. <laughs> well, thank you, debaters. However, I fear you've left us at a bit of an impasse. No clear winner has emerged yet. How is it, then, that becoming wise and learned is something to be strongly desired, more even than money? And yet... Also, being wise and learned 
is the type of person from whom God hides his revelation. Our audience here tonight, uh, debaters, wants to follow God, and this debate is being held in a college town, may I remind you, where many hold advanced degrees. So they want to get this right. It seems to me that many Christians are struggling to figure this out. I know just speaking for myself that in one church I attended growing up, going to a Bible college was applauded, but going to a state school or secular university was suspect. The church produced many devout Christians, but few scholars. In the other church I attended growing up, going to a Bible college was seen as suspect. Lightweight, too removed from the normal world. You were supposed to go to a state school, and the church produced people who got good jobs, but many drifted from the faith. I think you're going to need debaters to take us a bit deeper. Let's go back to the pro side. Well, I, I refuse to back down from praising how good it is to gain wisdom. The writer of Proverbs pulls out all the stops to praise wisdom as our audience heard earlier this evening. Listen to these words. Blessed, profitable, better than gold, tree of life, even an ornament to grace your neck. And that wisdom which is so beautiful, so valuable, it leads to, get this, long life, riches and honor, and peace. The late great A.W. Tozer said, wisdom is the ability to devise perfect ends, and then to achieve those ends by the most perfect means. God does it. God shows wisdom in that way. Shouldn't we try to, too? I mean, for example, without wisdom, where would our medicine be? I notice that even the person most reluctant to use modern medicine, when they are really sick, they go to a hospital with laparoscopic surgical tools and all high-tech imaging, and they are seen there by an MD with at least 20 years of education. So we imitate God, we honor God by seeking wisdom. Well, what do you have to say to that? Well, yes, technology solves some problems, but remember... The same chat GPT that can write computer code or your college essay can create deep fake videos that spread panic or sway election results. When Jesus came, think about the fact he was rejected by most people. Even when they saw him do demonstrable miracles like, say, restoring hearing to someone born deaf. Why did they completely miss out on God's ultimate revelation. Well, Jesus tells us in his prayer, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. And he even goes on to say, yes, Father, this is what you were pleased to do. God is pleased to hide his work from the wise and learned. He's made it so that wisdom and learning are not sufficient to discern the works of God. Humility is. Do you see how that levels the playing field? It gets rid of boasting. It opens up the way of God to all people, regardless of your test scores. 
And if you can quote Tozier, my opponent, so can I. He, he prayed quite clearly, make us strong to overcome the desire to be wise and to re, be reputed wise by others as ignorant as ourselves. Well, that kind of reminds me in your last comment the time I went out to the Stanford professional publishing course, the course speakers were some of the finest minds of that era. Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, Jim Collins, author of Good to Great. And the people in the audiences were the top magazine book and software publishers from Time Inc., from The New Yorker, from Random House, Utney Reader. They'd all gone to elite colleges. They were quick studies. They were utterly creative. And yet, I soon realized that they had in them this frenetic chasing after what's new and what's next because it seemed to be driven by fear. If I don't, I will miss out on the promotion. I may even miss out being employed. And so they worked around the clock. Their hours were crazy. And then many would play hard, just as, as they had worked hard, and get wasted, and then brag about how they stopped the car on the way back to campus so they could vomit out the door. It seemed to me, at the time, they were wise and foolish. They were creative and consumed. On the other hand, one summer, I served at a prison ministry, and I graded Bible correspondence courses for inmates. Most of them had a rudimentary elementary school education, which showed in their answers. None of them was going to be the next editor of The Atlantic. But they were so hungry to know the Bible and to know God and follow God, they would do the Bible study on the day they got it and send it back the exact day. The prison ministry started getting so backed up trying to grade all the studies that they had to set a limit. You could only ask for two at a time and send back two at a time. Now, I'm guessing if out at Stanford I had offered free cor Bible correspondence course, any takers, I would have gotten a lecture on what's appropriate. I might have been asked to leave the course. When it came to knowing God, the inmates in the Maryland Correctional Institute ran circles around the elites. So I wonder, maybe our impasse debaters is because, could it be that there are two kinds of wisdom you're referring to? Very, very different, but they use the same name. Maybe. <laughs> you're onto something. <laughs> Uh, if there are two kinds, what are those? Well, there is a general wisdom, learning how things work, learning how people work, becoming adept at math and science and language and art. Followers of God pursue those. This is why wherever Christians go, they start schools. And in addition to the general wisdom, I would add, there's a moral wisdom. James calls it the wisdom that comes from heaven. 
And he says, you know you have it because it's pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, sincere. What does it lead people to do? Be easy to get along with. Be humble. Be able to learn. But there is a counterfeit moral wisdom. James says this fake wisdom doesn't come from heaven. It's actually earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. It's driven by envy. It's driven by selfish ambition. And it always leads to conflict and evil. So, debaters, your talk about the fake moral wisdom kind of reminds me of Enron. Anybody remember the powerhouse energy company of the 90s? The leaders of that company have been called the smartest guys in the room. The accounting guy, Jeff Skilling, who's the brother of the old Chicago weatherman, Tom Skilling, if you remember him. Jeff took the job on one condition that he would be able to use what's called mark-to-market accounting, which let him and Enron record potential profits right after they closed the deal on something, regardless of whether that deal had any chance of earning real profits. This brilliantly made Enron look always better than it actually was. And the CFO, Andrew Fasto, one of the smarter guys of his generation, he set up over 3,000 shell companies, not the petroleum giant shell. <laughs> and those would send their profits to the Enron balance sheet, and then Enron would transfer its debt over to the shell companies. Well, Enron books looked fantabulous for a long time. But that wisdom that they had which was truly genius, was an immoral wisdom. And what did it lead to? Bankruptcy, $11 billion in shareholder value lost, and almost all of the Enron employees who had been pressured to put their savings in Enron stock lost their pension and their life savings. That's immoral wisdom. So, debaters, let's wrap up tonight with this question. What do we do with this reality that gaining wisdom is good, it's from God, should be sought, and yet God has made it so that people cannot know him solely through their own wisdom? I would say, in my closing remarks, learn from the Spirit. Learn from the Spirit. It's good to learn from teachers. But do you have the Holy Spirit as one of your teachers? Take Pascal, one of the greatest mathematicians, physicists, engineers of all time. He was still a teenager when he invented the first mechanical calculator. Not bad. His law of probability is still used in economics. His name ended up being given to a programming language in honor of him. But the defining moment of his life came when he was 31 years old. It was a November night, sometime between 10.30 p.m. and 12.30 a.m. the next morning. The only reason we know about it is that after he died, a servant found in his jacket, sewn into it, a piece of paper. 
and he pulled it out and found these words written on it. Fire. God of Abraham. God of Isaac. God of Jacob. Not of the philosophers and scholars. Certainty. Certainty. Heartfelt joy. Peace. God of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit taught the brilliant Pascal something no one else could. And inspired by that, he went on to write his greatest work, the Ponce's. Learn from the Holy Spirit. And I guess my counsel then would be, I would add this. Learn from the lowly. The Bible tells us that God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the strong. But we all naturally gravitate toward Yavis. Excuse me? Yes, Yavis. It's an acronym. It stands for young, attractive, verbal, intelligent, and successful. One study found that mental health professionals view a person like that as their ideal client. And they work harder with that client than with any other. Than, say, with a client who happens to be, pick one, old or homely or inarticulate or not so smart or struggling. Well, that same draw toward Yavis is present in every one of us. Who's featured on Entertainment Tonight? Yavis. But Jesus went intentionally to the poor. We follow him not merely to serve the poor and relieve their distress, but to learn from them. The poor see through the pretenses of our middle-class lives, and they offer us the only way to be freed of them. Hearing your comments, I think about Olive, a woman that Karen and I got to know because she babysat our kids when they were young. Olive grew up in West Virginia in a shotgun house that rattled every time the train went by. She married young, and sadly, her husband died when he was young, leaving her with a house full of kids to try to raise. As Olive neared retirement age, she had no money, so she took a job in the nursing home off of Main Street in Wheaton. She would walk to work, stiff from her arthritis, and then she would go descend into the sweltering laundry room where she would wash and dry linens for the old and incontinent. When Olive came to babysit our kids, it was like Mary Poppins walked in the door. She would buy videos, VHS back then. She would, with her scarce money, buy craft books for the kids. And then after our night out, we, I would drive Olive home and watch her climb with difficulties to her second floor apartment, which had the ceramic bust of Elvis and black velvet paintings of the king. Then she'd give me a hug and say goodnight. And one night coming down those steps, I had an aha. I thought, you know, I have never... I have heard Olive worried about medical bills, but I have never heard her complain. 
Meanwhile, I have a good job and I have good health insurance and I am routinely frustrated or whining about something petty. And I realized that it, her very goodness had flushed out the ungood sense of entitlement in me. This is of what Jesus means when he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you have revealed them to little children, and it pleased you to do it that way. Amen.